Hey guys, it's Andrew Duncan here. This is the Agent Monday podcast. Today, we're going to talk about hiring a personal assistant. This is a really big moment in any real estate career. Uh, Getting the right person can just ramp up your success really quickly and and making a bad choice uh, can really slow you down. Takes up a lot of time with training and uh, and just liaising with having an employee. Uh, So we really want to make sure that first hire is is spot on. Um, If you have had a bad experience before, don't give up. There are wonderful people out there who can really help you move forward. But there's also maybe things you can do to make sure that the experience is a better one next time. If you haven't ever looked at hiring an assistant before, but you feel like maybe you're getting to the point where you kind of need to, but maybe you're a little bit nervous, we're going to run through some advice on that too. So without further ado, let's run through some tips and strategies for making your personal assistant hire an absolute raging success. First thing I want to have you think about, or the first question I want you to ponder is that, you know, your time has a dollar value. Uh, Have you worked it out yet? Do you know what your hourly rate is? Easiest way to do this, divide the income you earned over the past quarter, that's the last three months, by 13. Now that's the number of weeks in a quarter. Then divide it by how many hours you approximately work in a week. And now be realistic here, you don't want to sugarcoat it, whether you work 60 hours or 25 hours a week, let's use that number and take an average number. Now let's say you've earned $50,000 in the last quarter. So divide that by 13, that's 13 weeks in the quarter, then divide it by 40, say you work 40 hours a week, and your hourly rate works out to $96 per hour. Now that is what your time is worth right now based on your recent sales record. Now, a tip here is to use numbers from the last three months, not the last year. Your last quarter is more indicative of your current activity level. In real estate, in real estate a year ago might as well be a lifetime ago. Okay, now that you know your own dollar value per hour, as you go about your day doing little jobs, ask yourself at each step, could I easily pay someone $20, $30, $40 per hour to do this job? If the answer is yes, then you should have the confidence to hire someone to do those tasks for you or to outsource them to an outside contractor like a virtual assistant or a graphic designer. Now, one thing question that might come up during this podcast is, is whether to look at a uh, on-site assistant or a virtual assistant. I'm not going to dive too far into, into virtual assistants now. I'm going to cover that in a future podcast. But suffice to say, I, I'm a big fan of hiring someone that you can uh, talk to, that you can meet with in person, that can uh, access your printer. Um, maybe they can be virtual, but at least in the same town as you, that could be quite handy. Uh, so I think for your first hire initially, you know, a... Um, an assistant who can come into your office and, and, and chat to you about what you're trying to achieve is probably the best way to go. Might cost you a bit more than a virtual assistant in a, in a far off country, but they're going to be able to do more useful tasks for you. Now, going back to our premise of your dollar per hour value, if you can hire someone to do a job you are doing for far less than your own value per hour, then it makes financial sense to hire someone to do that job. Some of you at this stage might be nervous about the overall cost of hiring an assistant. Depending on your recent earnings and current commission split arrangement, sometimes managers and owners will even come to the party and contribute towards the cost of an assistant. At the very least, it definitely pays to ask the question. 
Now, before you go and jump into that conversation, prepare a business case for why it will be worth it for your owner, for your office owner, that is, to invest in your success. Show them how many more listings you think you could generate if you had the right support in place. So let's say you're going to hire an assistant for 20 hours a week. You're going to be able to do 10 hours more prospecting and 10 hours more vendor management, buyer management, what you think you'd be able to achieve with that time. Here's another tip. When you think about the cost of hiring an assistant, don't think about it based on the yearly cost. Base it on the cost for one quarter. What is the minimum amount of time you can employ someone in your area if they turn out to be a complete disaster? If it's 90 days, for instance, then the worst case scenario risk is that you end up paying them until that point, not for an entire year. Now, you can work out what that figure looks like. For example, 90 days equals 13 weeks of work. 30 hours per week over 13 weeks equals 390 hours. So we're running that based on if you were going to hire someone for 30 hours per week. So they're going to do 390 hours over a 90-day period. 390 hours at $20 per hour equals $7,800. If you were paying a slightly higher rate, 390 hours times $30 per hour would be $11,700 for the quarter. So your total risk exposure, uh, if you were running a 90-day test, would be roughly eight dollars to $12,000, depending on what pay scale you're working to. Now, it wouldn't be ideal if you hired someone and they didn't work out, but running that sort of test likely won't make you bankrupt either. So don't look at it as like, right, I'm going to pay this person 30, 35 grand. I don't know if I can afford that. Can you afford eight to 12 grand over the next three months to test it out? That's the better question to be asking. Another way to ask that question, could you win one or two extra listings over the next three months to cover the cost if you had your own assistant for 30 hours per week? Would you like to know how good you could be if you had some support behind you? That number, that eight dollars to $12,000 number, that's the investment you need to make to find that out. Now, on this topic, we're talking about 30 hours a week. Don't knock a part-time assistant. Uh, most agents won't need to go from zero support to 40 hours per week. If you did do that, if you took on a full-time assistant from having no one, you would probably struggle to find tasks for your assistant to do at first. And that can actually create stress in and of its own right. You can always go part-time to start with. This is a great way to lower the cost of hiring someone at the beginning. Lots of people want part-time jobs, whether it's parents returning to the workforce or people that want to work from home where possible or someone who is semi-retired but wants to stay active. You can actually be provide a real service to the community by providing a part-term job with slightly flexible hours that works for people with you know, young kids at schools. You know, there aren't enough of these kind of jobs and it can be a real bonus to give someone that opportunity. It may actually be preferable for them rather than working full-time. Now, we're going to run through some qualities to look for in a personal assistant. So, first one, my advice above anything else is to hire the work ethic. You can teach a hard-working person almost any job you want them to do, but it's very hard to teach a lazy person to work hard. So I would hire for work ethic way more than I would hire for any sort of real estate experience. You can look for work ethic by going through their employment track record, speaking to past employers, speaking to friends that know them, speaking to other people in their family. Just try and ask the questions to, to uncover um, what sort of person they are and, and really you're trying to find someone with a crazy 
awesome work ethic who just loves to be busy. Now, the next uh, quality to look for is positivity. You're going to be spending a lot of time talking to this person. Make sure they are someone who energizes you, who looks at the world with a glass half full mentality. Another quality is that you want them to be up for anything. Ideally, it's worth hiring someone who isn't afraid to get out outside of their comfort zone. Could they jump on the phone and call a buyer if needed? Are they going to feel comfortable speaking with people from all walks of life? Are they adaptable? Real estate is not an entirely predictable job because every listing is different. You need your assistant to be capable of adapting to unique situations. They need to be able to think on their feet. It's also important that they are solution-focused. Will they come to you with just a problem or a problem and a solution? The latter is far, far, far more helpful. Do they have attention to detail? Last but not least, they need to have exceptional attention to detail. In real estate, the personalities that make great salespeople are often lacking when it comes to this quality. You know, we fly by the seat of our pants and we're great in a crisis and we can run around putting fires out and, and fixing problems. So what you want to hire in a personal assistant is someone that has contrasting skills to you. Someone that can bring to the table what you might potentially lack. Hire someone that's good at the things that you're not so good at. One of the best parts of hiring an assistant is that they become your second brain, saving you from those little mistakes that happen when we suddenly get busy with multiple listings and multiple vendors and sales happening all at once. A great assistant will remind you of the important but maybe slightly more mundane tasks you haven't yet completed, like uh, proofing your advertising. They might suggest following up with that buyer you haven't rung yet. Um, or check in with that uh, person who just moved into their new home after, after the settlement. Uh, the, your assistant might help you find small typos in your adverts that might have otherwise gone unnoticed, saving you from later embarrassment. There are all these little wins that can happen when you have the right person on board, especially if they have slightly contrasting skills. Some ways to test for this is during your interview process, ask them to review some of your written work. You might give them a pre-listing kit, for example. See how many typos they can find and ask what suggestions they have to improve the document, e.g. to make it easier to understand. This checks for attention to detail, a solution-focused mindset, and whether they have the confidence to make suggestions. Another task you could give them is to ask them to call a real buyer to change an appointment time, or at least role-play this with you in person. This exercise will help you evaluate their phone manner their ability to think on their feet, and their adaptability. One final thought. Don't be a micromanager. One of the biggest mistakes I see real estate salespeople make when they hire their first assistant is they just become this overzealous micromanaging monster. Um, it might just be you and this one person, and this is your only employee, so you know, you'll find yourself leaning over their shoulder, watching everything they do on the computer, Maybe you're sharing a computer, so you end up being so close to them anyway. Uh, this is a really bad road to go down. Humans, you have to understand, crave autonomy, which is the, the ability to make decisions on our own. Once you have built up a level of trust with your new assistant, empower them to make decisions so they don't need to ask you questions every five minutes. They might make mistakes, but they'll learn better that way, and they'll love you for the fact that you give them that independence. So... Here's some examples of how this might work in practice. 
when your personal assistant asks you a question, respond rather than providing the answer, respond with what would you suggest we do? Even if you have an answer, responding with a question helps them think of solutions and shows that you care what they think. If their solution isn't ideal, you can talk through the problem to help them see your point of view. Another tip is to give your assistant a budget. Provide them with a separate credit card. Let them know that they are authorized to spend up to a certain amount, say $200 without your approval. This allows them to get a key cut, book a locksmith, order a gift basket, buy more paper or stationery, or get you a birthday cake without having to gain your approval every time. You can see how what I'm leading at here. If you can create this sort of freedom and trust, it will come back to you in spades. Another tip is to create a safe space for feedback. Have a set time each week in the calendar where your assistant can ask you questions and make suggestions. Sometimes our best ideas come from someone who's outside, slightly outside our business, and someone who doesn't have our salesperson bias coming at problems all the time. Give your assistant an opportunity to have their voice heard. Tell them that you value their feedback, positive or negative. You might be surprised how much your assistant can help if you let them. Last but not least, I'll say it again, don't watch over their shoulder. Give your assistant time alone in the office. If your assistant's in the office, you should be out there prospecting, meeting with people, taking someone out for lunch who's a key referrer, taking someone out for a coffee. Give your assistant some time to do what they do. Allow them to make mistakes and find their own answers. When they make mistakes, that's an opportunity for learning. Letting go of control is key to long-term success when working with an assistant. So that's that's the, the, the run-through of the tips we've got for you today. I hope that gives you some really good advice around what to look for, um, how to know when it's time to hire an assistant in terms of going back to those, you know, working at your dollar per hour, dollar per hour rate, uh, but also looking at um, how you might like to work with your assistant to create a really positive relationship. Uh, I'd also just stress that part-time thing. You know, I had the greatest success in my career by um, hiring some wonderful people that have worked for me over the years that have been in that sort of part-time vein where they've wanted to work 25, 30, 35 hours a week because that's what worked really well with their family. Uh, there's also benefit to hiring someone who's in a different stage from you. Um, you know, I was fortunate to have a couple of people work for me who had young kids that went to local schools that I didn't have a lot to do with in my area, and they actually ended up being a, a massive source of referrals. So, you know, if you hire someone who lives in your community and has a bit of a network of their own, they might actually end up bringing business into your into your will. They might actually bring in listings just through the people that they know and that they're talking to. So often what you'll find is that a part-time assistant can largely end up paying for themselves just by the couple of referrals a year that they might generate. So if you feel like you could do with someone helping you out, if you feel like you'd have potential to, to win a few more listings and generate a few more leads if you had a little bit more time, or maybe you just need an assistant to help you get your email newsletter going out regularly, I'd encourage you to give it a go. Remember, you don't have to pay the whole yearly salary to test this process out. Another option to protect you, which I'll, which I'll leave you with, is that you can look at hiring someone as a contractor rather than a, as an employee. This can help uh, 
keep things a little bit cleaner around the um, payments, uh, around taxes and things. Um, so a little bit harder for the assistant to sort out because they've got to potentially do their own you know, GST or tax returns. Um, but it might make things a lot easier for you. And, and oftentimes you'll find a potential employee is open to that sort of arrangement to be hired as a as a contractor where they would invoice you for their for their work. Um, now, this is not meant to substitute accounting advice. I'm certainly not a trained accountant. So please check with your office manager and with your personal accountant around what the, might, the right setup might be for you. Uh, actually, one last tip. Remember, you can always put the hourly rate up. So you should definitely pay people a fair wage, of course. Um, but just remember, you can always put it up. Um, so... I've seen situations over the years where people hire someone, um, get a bit excited, you know, start at a really high hourly rate and then feel sort of resentment that they're paying too much later on down the track. So start off at the at the lower end of what you're prepared to pay maybe and then look to move that up if the person shows themselves to be really, really capable. Should you pay bonuses is one more question around pay that, that I often hear. Um, I think it's a great idea. I think that, you know, everyone in your team should benefit even if it's in a small way, when a sale is made. So um, you could find a way to do this, which doesn't have to be a lot of money. You know, It might just be $100 per sale um, if they're not involved with the sort of buying and selling if they're not licensed. Um, so just find a way to reward your team every time there's a sale. I, I think that'll just make them feel part of the journey, part of the process, and, and part of helping you succeed. Uh, on that note, I should have referenced whether to hire someone who's licensed or not. Uh, it can be very tempting to look for someone who's licensed uh, in your first hire, but sometimes that's not the best way to go. Um, if servicing buyers is your issue in your business, then that's then that's one thing, and maybe someone who's licensed who could do a little bit of both uh kind of personal assistant work and buyer's agent work is, is ideal. But in my experience, actually hiring someone who wasn't real estate licensed uh, is a perfectly good approach. There's so many stuff, so much stuff that they can be doing in the office for you uh, that will allow you to do the work that requires having a license. You know, you're the one who should be out there meeting with buyers and meeting with sellers, preferably, while your personal assistant should be in the office handling any of the um, behind the scenes work. So, uh, certainly for me, I found hiring someone who wasn't licensed was perfectly acceptable. Uh, and hey, if they if that person you hire turns out to be amazing, you could always encourage them to get their license later on. You can always go down that road if you need to, but uh, certainly don't let that be a hindrance um, to, to making your first hire. If you've got any questions, feel free to send me an email, andrew at agentmonday.co.nz. And uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and uh, post a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're not an Agent Monday member, come and check it out. You won't regret it. Uh, check it uh, the website is agentmonday.com. We provide you with content every week to uh, fill up your email newsletters. It's lead generating content that's designed to bring listings into your business. Not only that, we teach you how to use that content to generate more listings. So we provide you with pre-written stuff. You don't have to worry about what am I going to put in my newsletter this week. We, we put it all there for you. All you have to do is send it out to your database. So check that out, agentmonday.com. Thanks everyone for listening.